It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to everybody joining and watching, listening to the NBA Exchange. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. Look, I'm going to get into this because I'm in a good mood today. Very good mood today. It's basketball related. Well, partly basketball related. I'm in a good mood yesterday. Yesterday was a good day, as Ice Cube once said. Yesterday was a really good day. Got up, got some errands done, got myself a PlayStation 5 ordered coming in on the way you know how hard that is to get i don't know what's harder to get a playstation 5 or a home covid test i'm not sure which one is harder but i've got both in the last week it's actually happened it's gone on it's been good and then the second part was a little basketball related the knicks you know sometimes knicks fans we know they disappoint you don't come through for you they came through for me in a major way we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about how covid has impacted betting on the NBA. You know, we talk a lot of betting on this show. We make our NBA picks. We will talk about that. We're going to talk a little Washington Wizards basketball. We're going to talk about some teams that can push, make a big push in the second half of the season as a right way at the halfway mark. And to talk about all that, it's nobody uh, better. This is a guy straight from Pittsburgh, coming live from Pittsburgh with me right now. Big time Washington Wizards fan, fellow podcaster on the Props Network here with me. My man, Jamoke Davis. Jamoke, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I, I, well, I told you, I'm doing good. You heard me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having I, me. I, I'm glad, glad to have you back, man, and glad, glad, you, are, glad you are well. Um, did you see this Knicks game last night? I did, and did. I was pulling for the Knicks. I was thinking about you. Well, first I was thinking about you when I finally got to turn it on, and the Knicks were down like 63 to 47. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can only imagine what Dexter's going through. But then as the fourth quarter started, I was giving the Knicks, which I know we'll get to, I was giving them a thumbs up. Somebody else was giving somebody a thumbs down. I was giving them a thumbs up like, okay, they're turning the thing around. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly. You had a big bucket, but not as big as the final bucket. Not as big as the final bucket. Okay. So, Jamoke, let me tell you this. As a Nick, I feel like it doesn't matter if you're a Knicks fan. As a sports fan, right? You know these games where your team comes out, they look flat, they can't hit any shots, it looks like it's not going anywhere, and they get down big, and you're like, some reason something tells you stick with it. Because usually I turn off the TV. Why am I wasting my time? I'm not invested into this. I'm going to turn this off. Something told me stick with this game. 
Just had a feeling. Maybe it's because the Celtics are always blowing leads. That might be it. And, you know, as a New Yorker, you always want Boston to suffer. You want to see some suffering. Oh, and they got some suffering, right? But the Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks come back. They show some fight. R.J. Barrett hits this three-pointer off glass as time expires after Jason Tatum had just hit a jumper to tie the game at 105 with one and a half seconds left. I'm, I'm feeling happy. This has not been the... This hasn't been the bing-bong start that we saw from the season opener with the Knicks. This, this gave me some excitement. Bring me back down to earth, Jamoke. Should I not be this excited about the Knicks, or should I be pumped that this could be a turning point for this team going forward? I would not be excited. <laughs> it's, it's really sad to say this, but the reason why I would not be excited, first of all, the Knicks are below 500 at home. That is true. I would say if you if you had to pick a side, did the did the Knicks win this game or did the Celtics lose this game? I would say that the Celtics lost the game. Towards the end, I thought they took some bad shots. I felt I feel like any Boston Celtics game you're watching, it's the you're never going to get out of the oh, is it Jason Tatum? Is it Jalen Brown? Who's going to get into it? Marcus Smart taking some shots and causing trouble on offense and defense. That's always got me like, oh, my God, is this going to escalate into a fight in the shoving match or is it you know, going to settle down? I just feel like you don't kind of know what you're going to get with Marcus Smart. But I felt like, yeah, OK, the Knicks made some shots. But realistically, the Celtics opened the door with a poor third quarter where I felt like they just didn't have a rhythm. And when I look at the Knicks, I'm just like, okay, they're all right. You know, six and four in their last 10. Yeah. But I just think that not only have they lost their identity, but I feel like if there's a karma thing, I don't like what's going on with Kimball Walker. Like, I just feel like that the whole energy of the team is just not right. And I think that even with Julius Randle, he's just not the same as last season in my That's mind. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, even Obi Toppin, I feel like he took a step back and I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just not like what it was last year, which I thought was a honeymoon phase, if you will. Which is interesting because the Knicks were on, they're pretty much on the same pace as they were last year. I think through 38 games last year, they were 19 and 19, then 19 and 20 through 39 games. So they're right there. The fans' expectations, as you know, New York have now gone through the roof. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's been the thing. And they've been, they've been inconsistent. I think Evan Fonier said this. Evan Fonier, who let me, let me say, I have been wanting to drive him to the, There's always a player on the team you want to drive to the airport. You're like, we can get him up out of here. We don't, we don't need this. I felt this way about Evan Fournier, but the man plays good against the Celtics. He career high 41, 10 of 14 from three. He's going crazy. That had to be said. I, I do think there's something to what you said, though, Jamoke, in the fact that this was more of the Celtics blowing this game than the Knicks winning this game. You can't give yourself, if you're the Celtics, the chance for RJ to hit that three at the end and the Knicks to come back from being down 25 points. But look, as a Knicks fan, I don't get to see them come back down from 25 points that much. I am yeah. happy. You're not going to take that joy away from me. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that, that part was really cool. You know, I actually think uh, um, – I don't know if it was I – didn't, I didn't pay attention to the postgame to see whose call it was, if it was the coaches or if it was Jason Tatum's. But I felt like in that moment, as much as on the football side, I've been destroying – uh, Jim Harbaugh for going for two at the end of the game. I was surprised 
And I always get them confused. Is it wait, John Harbaugh coach, coaches the Ravens, Jim Harbaugh coaches Michigan. Michigan I'm probably, yes. I said it wrong. <laughs> but um I'm surprised the Celtics didn't go for three. Like I just I just felt like you went with the tie and I just wasn't quite sure, you know, why you would go for that in that situation because you're playing in Madison Square Garden. It, it's where, you know, dreams happen, crazy shots happen. And I felt that I so you could see the joy in RJ Barrett's face and the way the team jumped all over him after he called bank like the Wizards Paul Pierce back in the day. Like, it was just really exciting. And, you know, I'm sure for all of the fans that were there in attendance, I hope nobody gets COVID. We never talk about the fans possibly, you know, <laughs> spreading COVID. But, you know, hey, they, they it was packed. And it was a great game on Thursday night. Happy to see NBA on TNT again, too. On yeah. Thursday night, that is. Yeah, it was nice. We had seen it. We had seen it in a couple weeks. So that, that, that was nice. But in typical Nick fashion, around the Knicks have this, this high, great win. But there has to be something. There has to be something to change everything, right? There's got to be something to just bring the level down a little bit. And so Julius Randle had this layup, I believe, that tied, it, that tied the game at some point in the fourth quarter. And the fans, as you know, the fans have been hard, hard on Randle this season. He was not played well. He's not played well on both sides of the ball. He's been very inconsistent. But he, the last two games, he's been all right. They, they've been booing him. They're booing the team after the first half performance. What does Randall do? He does a little Javi Baez. For people who don't know, Javi Baez with the Mets gave the fans a thumbs down, and that didn't go over well. He gives the fans a thumbs down. After the game, Jamoke, he's asked by a friend of the show, Stefan Bondi, he's asked, well, what did that mean? And Julius Randall says that when he gave the thumbs down to the fan, he was telling them to shut the fuck up. Mm-mm. Yeah, you were saying, mm-mm. You're saying this is a no-no. Tell the people why, Jim, okay? Why, why is this not a good look, a good move for Julius Randle? The history of any player playing in New York is that is they will be the toughest crowd on you. They will be the fan base that will love you. But you do something wrong, and they will hate you and drive you out of town. The... Whatever was going in Julius Randle's mind, not only is it awful what he did, but you obviously were following the story with the Mets. And you saw the reaction from the Mets fans beat the Mets. Beat the, you saw the reaction from them. So why would you think that's a good idea for you to do that when you are – you know, realistically, when you talked about how he's not having the best year, mm-hmm. I can understand a player starting to feel themselves a little bit. From In my mind, Julius, you really only had one good year. And that was last year, where it was like all-star level. So slow your roll a little bit. You're not a five, six, seven-time all-star that someone's like, oh, yeah, every year he delivers. So you really need to chill. And I felt like in that situation, he was acting like, y'all don't respect me. You know, I'm the top dog here. Look what I did for you. And it's like, dude, it was one season. All right. Next, the the, the lore of New York Knicks players, John Starks, Patrick Ewing were booed. Carmelo Anthony was there. He got booed and then had time to play well. Take it easy. And I think he made a big mistake. And I hope, just like we're going to get to later, he's got to apologize. Yeah, I, you know, one, I, I said this yesterday, somebody I was talking to, he's got to apologize, right? 
Two, you made another good point in the fact that let's last year he had a fantastic year. Most improved player, second team all NBA. Fantastic. Let's not forget the year before his first year with the Knicks, he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to drive him to the airport, right? Yep. And and so you know, you know both sides of this, Mr. Randall. You know that the fans can be tough on you when they expect you to play better. When you play better, last year they were chanting MVP. And now you mm-hmm. give the fans a thumbs down. You're never going to win. I don't care what market it is. You're not going to win against the fans, okay? When you pay, when these fans are paying good money, especially for these MSG seats, yep. you're not going to win against them. So booing the fans, giving them a thumbs down, and then saying that meant shut the F up is not a good move. And that's the best explanation. Look, he's got to apologize. He has a chance to remedy this. Here's what's going to cure all this, Jamoke. He apologizes, and they think they win some more. Then yep. everybody will, will, will forget. But right now, you can't give the FU to the fans who've been there supporting you. But, so let me ask you this, though, Jamoke, because there was a good debate that I saw last night. It was, and it was, a, it was a discussion. I said it was like a contentious debate. Knicks fans TV, a shout-out to them. Uh, CP the franchise, Ashley Nicole Moss, was watching them after the game on YouTube. And they were talking about whether it was right or wrong. Did the fans go too far? Do the fans not have a right to Julius Randle? Should he give them back the same energy that they gave him? Where do you see that in sports? You know, if an athlete gives the fans back the same energy they gave them, is that right, wrong? Is it is it is it fine? Are athletes being too sensitive? What do you think about that whole uh, dynamic? I think that it's not, especially when we talk about mental uh, health, I don't think that the fans, the fans are going to be the fans. And I think that there's a, layer underneath it that I think the players need to remember. They aren't just booing you because you're playing poorly. They're also booing you because the majority of the people in the stands don't make the kind of money you do. They expect greatness. They want you to be perfect. They want you to wow them. When they pay money for a ticket, they don't want you. They don't want to see bad basketball. And there's a pride with the Knicks that I think you have to understand as a player, especially if you go to that franchise, you have to understand that the history of the team is bigger than you. And you got to wear that pride to say, okay, I've got to give it my best. Because not just because of the players that played before you, but because the fans will let you know when you're not playing your best. You know, I I didn't look this up beforehand to know what Julius Randle's yearly salary is. But I'm sure he's paid handsomely for what he does. So when he doesn't perform, yeah, they're going to say that. I mean, realistically, do you ever see a player give a thumbs down to a coach? And you know good and well that coach on that sideline will rip a player in the locker room and even on the bench if they are not doing something. Tom Thibodeau is tough. And you know a player's not giving him a thumbs down. So don't do it to the fans. It's just not a smart move. You're paid well. You're expected to perform well. Just do that. And when you don't, step up or step out. Because like you said, the Knicks fans will say, get out of here. We don't want you on this team. Yep. Uh, No, I I agree. Glad glad to have you weigh in on that. All right, let's talk a little bit about your Washington Wizards, (laughs) right? Yeah, I, you don't got to make that face. It's okay. They got off to they got off to a great start. I know you were hyped. I liked the little stuff that was going on uh, with the defense behind Wes Unsell Jr. I talked to Karita Parks when I had her on here. We spoke about uh, how the Wizards look good, but now you know they're back at five hundred. They're just barely above the Knicks at nineteen and nineteen. Uh, where do you think this team is going, or is it fine that they've exceeded expectations thus far? And 
they still can get to a better place. We'll talk about teams that can improve in the second half. Do you see, uh, you know, do you see a, another level up for this team? Can they be a playoff team and not a play-in team? I think they're a play-in team. And uh, a good friend of ours texted me and asked me about that after the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan hit that game winner, which I think was the first time in NBA history that some, that a player hit two back-to-back threes as game winners, which is crazy for DeMar DeRozan. And I said, no, because you look at the champions here, you need two and three all-stars on your team to compete. This team has one all-star. And by the way, that all-star is not even in the voting for this year's all-star game. So you would almost say they don't even have an all-star on their team. And that's Bradley Beal, who I think is an all-star. But you can't win with one. I love that they got Kyle Kuzma and then everybody else, Spencer Dimwitty, et cetera, et cetera. They aren't all-stars. And they're showing they're not. And the excitement, what I said, you know, I was enjoying the ride, just like you enjoyed the Knicks win last night. I've been enjoying the ride of the Wizards being in first place for a little bit and, you know, right near that top four teams in the playoffs. But, no, the sad thing is, they are where they where I expected them to be. And I and I think for the long term in this season, I think they're going to be around 500. And I would not be surprised if somewhere in the front office or above in ownership, they're saying, do we need to trade Bradley Beal? Because hmm. to add another all-star, it's going to cost you. That player is going to be making $50 million a year. And do you want a $45 million and a $50 million play on your roster? Or do you want to do what the Rockets are doing and say, no, you know what, let's just start over. We're going to keep Kuzma and the guys for now, but we're going to dismantle everything. We'll trade Beal, save that money, and let's move on and start again, which is a tradition that you always see by the Wizards. But at the 500 level, which is still a game over the Knicks, by the way, for anybody who is like, oh, yeah, the Knicks are back. No, they're not back. They're 19 and 20. Like, I think. Unfortunately, this is where I think the Wizards are, 500, and they're not going to get much better than this, uh, you know, unless you have another crazy peak, which I doubt. Do you think they should trade Bradley Beal? Because that you brought that up, that that's a possibility for the front office. Do you think that's what they should do? I know you, the Wizards have done this before. I, I get your point on that. But do you think that's the right move for the franchise? I think it's the right move for the franchise, not because I want to see Bradley Beal go, but more because I don't think – financially, I can't see the owner and the front office being able to convince the owner to make that financial commitment. Remember, this is the same owner who complained that he was able to sign the best player in the NHL and Alex Ovechkin to a paltry deal and then was like, I wish NBA players were more like that. No, dude, that was the wrong thing to say and the wrong way to go. Bottom line is if you want to win, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you two and three all-stars that are all going to make over $40 million a year unless you start over and they obviously become all-stars. But realistically, if you want to try to go up from here, you're going to have to trade for an all-star. And unfortunately, uh, there aren't many available, and you're going to have to pay. And I don't think they want to pay. That's unfortunate. All right, we don't we, – you know, when teams are stuck in mediocrity in the NBA, we know that is no bueno, no good at all. All right, keeping it to the Wizards – and somebody working for the Wizards that's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Wizards announcer Glenn Consor, uh, he had these hurtful comments. Game-winning call, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. on the Rockets hit a game-winning jumper, and Consor had some, you know, questionable choice uh, of, of words. He said Kevin Porter Jr., like his dad, pulled that trigger 
uh, at the right time. For some context here, uh, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., lost his father to gun violence at a Seattle bar in 2004. And 11 years prior to that, in 1993, his father was convicted of manslaughter for shooting a 14-year-old girl. Uh, the announcer, Glenn Consor, has then apologized, saying that he made a mistake thinking that Kevin Porter Jr. was the son of former Washington Bullets player Kevin Porter. That was his apology and explanation. LeBron James is waiting on this, basically saying that Kevin Glenn Consor needs to get up out of here. Uh, he shouldn't be working anywhere around the game, to paraquote LeBron. What do you think about this, Shamok? I know you talked about this on your podcast, Just for Sport. What do you think about this? Uh, should Consor be out the game? Should there be some sort of punishment from the Wizards and their broadcasting partners? What do you think should happen here? So, first of all, I do know Glenn personally. And he we've always had a wonderful relationship. We worked together for over 10 years. He is a really, really, really good guy and cares about people and cares about Wizards basketball. Played the game, not on the NBA level, but a professional level. And I felt for him. I felt for him because first and foremost, I felt for him because he's been with the organization too long to not know that that was not the Kevin Porter who was Washington, who's the Washington Bullets. So because the bottom line is that would have been a storyline going into the game from the producers that are working with you and in your homework. That would have been the first thing you should have Googled. Wait, is, is this Kevin Porter's son? Oh, no, it's not. Okay, never mind that. And that would have changed that. Doubling down on that, also by Googling Kevin Porter Jr., you would have learned about the past for his dad. The problem is going beyond looking past what Glenn Consor said Let's think about how many terms we use when we're referring to basketball that use those kind of terms, right? Oh, he pulled the trigger, yeah. sharp shooter, he shoots. Like we use those terms and maybe we need to find a way to take those terms out of the game because it makes it even harder when you think about this franchise who changed from the Washington Bullets to the Wizards because of gun violence. Great point. Who who arguably the greatest Washington bullet as far as a score, Gilbert Arenas, was basically shamed off of the team because of gun violence with Javaris Crittenden. You understand that in totality, Glenn? Come on. You can't do that. You can't say that. And that's what I put on Instagram. Because from an honest standpoint, I didn't want to make it seem like I was just – I criticized other organizations – players, on-air announcers, play-by-play color, et cetera, before. And I felt like I would have been hypocritical if I was just silent on this. And so I just put on Instagram, you can't say that. And I didn't want to go into it any further, but maybe I should have. And I should call Glenn and just, you know, talk to him a little bit more just about my feelings because I was really disappointed. To LeBron's point, he didn't just put out the tweet, but then when he was asked about it, he doubled down and explained the same things that I was saying, like, yo, you should know that. You've been with the organization over 20 years. You can't you can't still be like, yo, that's a rookie mistake. That's what that is, a rookie mistake. And he's by far a rookie. Should he be fired? No. Should he be suspended? Yes. And I think that means from television and radio. And 
in the end, I said to some colleagues of mine who had texted me, yo, what do you think? That was sad. I woke up with my phone blowing up. Everybody's like, yo, did you see this? What do you think? In my mind, if Kevin Porter Jr. accepts his apology, says it's all good, it's okay, then let's move on. Everyone, let's move on. But if Kevin Porter Jr. says it's no, this is inexcusable, then I think the Wizards as a team, the front office, ownership, and the league are going to have to take a stand. And unfortunately, that stand might be that Glenn Consor's career is over. No, I like the last point you made, right? I think we often do this when things like this happen and say, oh, this should happen to this person. You know, it matters to people who are affected. You can't tell people how they should feel about how they're affected. I don't know what it's like to be in Kevin Porter's shoes and feel that. He might feel differently. So I can't sit here and easily say, oh, it should be fine and we should move on. Um, I'm in, in the total agreement with you. Glenn Consor, don't know him personally, but you have to know this. Like you said, this is something that would have came from the producer. You have to do your homework. You and I have done play-by-play in color and mm-hmm. sideline. We know the homework that goes into doing a live broadcast like that. He's got to know better. I'm not, say- I'm not saying this was intentional. It probably wasn't. I don't think it was. But when we do things where we're on air, we got to be prepared. You and I prepare before we do this show and our shows. <laughs> we have to know what we're talking about. And if we don't know what we're talking about, we have to own up to that, too. So, you know, that's it. All right, moving on. Uh, teams, that's, we're at the halfway point of the season about what teams do you think could make a second-half push? Is wow. it the Lakers? If you believe in the Lakers and the circus that's been going on out there in L.A., is it the Knicks? Is it the Wizards? Are there some teams you think that can make a push in the second half here in the NBA? Okay. The scariest thing is the first team that comes to mind that's going to make a push Uh are the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are going to be adding Klay Thompson. If Klay Thompson comes back, I think even 80% of what Klay Thompson has been in the past, then I would say NBA watch out because they are, in my mind, they are only going to get better. So that's first and foremost, a team that I think will make the biggest change because they are adding arguably one of the what was uh, top 75 players in my mind in the NBA. I know a player or two who should be on that list that you could have put Clay Thompson on that list. And when you <laughs> add them to a roster, yeah, you're going to be making an even bigger separation. And you're already near the top. I know that the Phoenix Suns are. But what teams do I think, you know, as, as we – Dexter, to your point, right? Like the beginning of the season, the, the, the Bulls were, well, the Bulls are still near the top, but the Cavs were there, yeah. the Wizards were there, and now the cream is rising to the yes. top. I don't know who's going to be able to make a push this year. It reminds me very much like the NFL. You know, we're at week 18 and we're like, we don't know who's going to make the playoffs. There really isn't a favorite. Now, yeah, you could say, okay, no, no, it's really the Nets. They got Kyrie Irving back. That was a big deal. He already played well, 22 points in the first game. But I think the Bulls are going to continue on this pace. So there's a spot that you're losing. The team I think to watch out for are the Toronto Raptors. I love what they're doing with Scotty Barnes. You know, I feel like last year, Pascal Siakam, maybe two years in a row, I felt like you didn't quite know if Pascal Siakam had to learn how to play. You know, they let Kyle Lowry go, and now you're getting Van Vliet to be able to, you know, do what he wants to do, OG Ananobi. I just feel like they're a really solid team with a really, really dynamic head coach. Watch out for Toronto to continue to move up because they've got championship pedigree, unlike the Knicks. And the Wizards, at least of late, or the Hornets, like these teams, Cavaliers, 
you know, they they lost my man Ricky Rubio, who was a big part of that team. And I'm like, why are you getting Rajon Rondo? What is he gonna do? You know, I, I don't I didn't like that that trade, but the Toronto Raptors would be the team that I see elevating their game in the Eastern Conference. In the West, when is Kawhi coming back? Because that's the one I would be like, whenever Kawhi comes back, maybe that's when you're gonna see a jump from the Clippers. That's a team I'm looking for, and it's Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves, too. Well, Kawhi, Chris Haynes reported last night that he could be back this season um he wants to return so that could be a huge views and the clippers could be dangerous if yep. they can stay anywhere yep. around seven if they can even get out the plan they could be really dangerous you're saying watch out for the timberwolves you, you know the timberwolves are hungry to at least make the play in so yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see but in and, this and happened, one other, go ahead. yeah the, go ahead java rants on his grizzly Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. That's the other one. I'm like, my man is legit. So it's not a surprise. It's just I think they're going to continue to just, you know, stay at this pace, and they're going to be one of the top teams to contend with. I, and it's funny because I hope later this month we're hoping to get somebody around the Grizzlies on the show. And I want to – because I'm a believer in the Grizzlies. And I think yeah. they can win around this year. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that last year's experience in the playoffs for them against Utah is going to be good. We'll talk more about this on the show, but – yeah, I, I'm a believer in the Grizzlies and John Morant. Yeah, first-time All-Star. I talked about this on Wednesday. He needs to be a first-time All-Star. He should be a lock. There's no doubt he should make, make the team yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit of betting, and then we're going to break and then do some little bit more betting. But talking to betting, COVID has obviously had an impact on this entire wow. world. It's impacted betting. We are part of the Props Network. We talk a lot about betting on our shows and how we're going to bet. And – Look, I'm going to be honest with the people. We we make our picks. We say what we think. We're looking at the information, Okay, But we don't know who's playing some nights. We yep. have no idea who's playing from night to night. One night could be this guy, this person's health and safety protocols. How tough has it been for you in terms of looking at making picks in the NBA with COVID and how it's affected the league? It's, it's been very tough with making picks that I, you know, I said I'm going to every day I'm going to make a pick. So I think I'm, what, two and five on the season, which is not good. And most of it have been NBA picks um, that I've, you know, failed on. But it is very difficult. And I think that the players, you know, Draymond Green came out and talked about it. You know, hey, you know, they don't like where things are going with COVID protocols and understanding. I mean, I mean, some of the players, Dexter, that have been signed recently, I'm like, I didn't even know they were still even playing basketball. <laughs> right. To the Celtics, I'm like, wait, what? I thought he was like retired somewhere, you know, so I think it is affecting teams overall. And I am of the proponent that I like what the NHL did. And I think the NBA should have done that. And now they didn't. And, you know, I get that they want to get the Christmas day games in, but I think when you look at Uh, Toronto talking about maybe not allowing fans to come back into the arenas again. Omicron's different. And now there's another variant coming. So I don't know if the NBA is, you know, obviously they don't want to lose money, but trying to race at least to the all-star game or something. I know it's really difficult, but maybe a one to two week shutdown and then also a lockdown will allow for, teams to be able to not have to worry about who's going to play each week because we're going to have to say, including players like Kyrie and other ones that are unvaccinated, we can't have you around people in order for us to be able to play basketball because we're never going to end this pandemic. And and as I like to call it, the playdemic with sports, 
<laughs> you gotta find a way to understand that the only way to stop it is either get vaccinated or go in the bubble. And I know they don't want to do the bubble, but what, what else are you gonna do? It's only there's only two ways to cure this. Yeah, and my thing is if these leagues, whether it's me or not, are all in with sports betting and sports mobile sports betting now just becomes legal in New York starting tomorrow, Saturday. Um it, you can't have this stuff where people don't know the information or like you said, they don't know the guys who's playing or don't know yeah. who's in the league is not in the league. My boy Lance Stevenson the other night was dropping yeah. 30 or 30 on the net. So I was happy to see that, but you have no idea who's playing and, and it's been hard for us uh, making picks. We, we have, we have no idea at all. What's, what's, what's going on with this. And it's, and it's daily, but we're trying and daily fantasy, you know, shout out to yeah. prize picks. We both have promo codes. We've been promoting it, but like I have Kyrie on my team. And I was like, should I activate them or actually put them in the starting lineup? Because I didn't know. They maybe were only going to play him like 10 minutes and he gets like six points. So I said, no, I'm going to sit him for this first game. And then, of course, I was kicking myself like, oh, man, he had 22 points. He was really good. So I'm <laughs> right. like, I don't know what to do. Right. None of, none of us. None of us know what to do. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Got some uh, words from our partner, Prize Picks. When we come back. Jamoke and I will give you our best NBA picks for tonight, Friday night, full night of action in the NBA. All that when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play Download the Prize Picks app today. That's right. Download that Prize Picks app. Use the code MBAEX. Hook you up. Match your first deposit up to $100. You do that also. There's Adjust for Sport. So there's many ways to all the shows we have that you can, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can hook it up on, on the Props Network. Okay. Nine games tonight, Jamoke, in the NBA. We're going to talk about uh, some NBA picks here. Uh, we both have two games that we would like to bet on. Uh, what, what's your first game? What you got for me tonight? What's your first game? First game, Wizards at Bulls. DeMar DeRozan, as I mentioned earlier, boy, what a shot in the corner right in front of his bench. Just to the pump fake just killed the Wizards. Bradley Beal was right there too. But the – Bulls are favored at minus six and a half at home. I feel like this game should be close. But, you know, I feel like the last four of the last five games for the Wizards have been close. But and same for the Bulls, which is really weird. But I think at home at home and against a team that they just played, I'm going to take the Chicago Bulls at minus six and a half to get the win over the Wizards. They're 13 and four at home. 
I just think, I mean, they're just, they're just a better team. And, and to your point about COVID right now, no one's out. Mm-hmm. So they're healthy. And as I said earlier, two all-stars are better than one. Kyle Kuzma is not an all-star. He's played really well with Bradley Beal. But on that other side, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, they're going to get it done. Okay. You got them getting it done. I thought you were going to go with your Wizards for some revenge. But no, they're not able to get this revenge. Uh, here, you don't, you don't believe in them. Okay. Not, not believing in the Wizards tonight. My first game is Jazz, Utah Jazz. They will be north of the border in Toronto where there will be no fans because Canada's doing the responsible thing here. Uh, and they will be playing the Raptors. The Raptors, yes, if you're watching this right now, you see the line. You're like, what? The Raptors are 10 and a half point favorites. Actually, it's 11 and a half. It just went up. Sorry about that. The Raptors are 11 and a half point favorites in this right now. Currently, that's according to MGM. And you're wondering why. Well, there's a bunch of reasons why. Rudy Gobert. And let, let me also, let me pause for there for a second. The Utah Jazz have the best offense in the NBA right now, currently hitting three-pointers at a great rate. But no, Rudy Gobert, who's in COVID protocols. Donovan Mitchell is out uh, with an injury. Jordan Clarkson, questionable for this game. Hassan Whiteside, also out. Joe Ingles, also out in COVID protocols. So the Jazz are down a bunch of people. I don't even know who's going to be playing for the Jazz tonight. I have no idea whatsoever. So this makes you think, okay, should I believe in the Raptors? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like what the Raptors have going on, but the Raptors do struggle to score sometimes. And are they 11 and a half points better than the Utah Jazz? Is Mike Conley going to explode for a 30-point game? I don't know. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe a little in the Utah Jazz. I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Jazz plus the points. I do not think the Raptors cover. I take the Jazz plus the points. Here, give me the Jazz plus the 11 and a half points, despite everybody being out, especially if Jordan Clarkson can play. I like them here to keep this somewhat, you know, maybe six, seven. I still think the Raptors will win, but I think they can keep this closer. So give me the Jazz plus the points on the road, on the road north of the border with no fans. I think the Jazz and whoever's going to play for them we're still going to keep this close somehow. See, see how crazy this is in the time of COVID. If nobody was playing, I've still got to try to make this bet. You go. Really go. go. All right, Jamoke. Okay. What's, what's your what's your second game of the night? My second game is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Brooklyn Nets. Big one. To your point, the problem with this game is I don't know. I mean, we already Giannis out, Pat Connaughton yep. out, Defenzo out. Grayson Allen out, Brooke Lopez out, um, and if I remember correctly, uh, Drew Holiday now in protocol. Drew Holiday out, you know, and so I originally would go into this and say, see, this is what's wrong with the Nets and why you shouldn't have brought Kyrie Irving back because you're going to constantly, oh, sure. We had a good game. Oh, but that was on the road. Shoot, now it's at home. Oh, we don't have Kyrie again. Like it was just going to be this issue, but nope. I think in this game, you can be confident that the Nets will win this game. They are at minus four and a half. And I think you can book it. The Brooklyn Nets will beat the Milwaukee Bucks for the first time in like their last four games. The Bucks have owned them. But I think in this game, you know, it's like this is the COVID bet. That's why you can pick the Nets because this is the COVID bet. These are all COVID bets. They're all COVID bets, which makes it which makes it difficult. Okay, my last matchup of the night. I've got the Hawks versus the Lakers. Uh, Hawks in LA to take on the Lakers. Now, look, the Lakers have been to some people. One of my friends is like, 
I like watching the Lakers because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how many turnovers Russell Westbrook's going to have. It's just entertaining. But the Lakers have been playing a little bit better uh, as of late, especially over the last week. LeBron James has been phenomenal for them. He's really carried and shouldered the load, averaging about 34 points since Anthony Davis went out. Russell Westbrook's still been up and down. That's your boy, Jim okay? Um, And so I understand why people might not trust in him. But the Lakers, here's the thing for me with the Lakers, Jamoke. The defense has looked better. That's been the key for me. Their defense has looked better. It's looked more like a Frank Vogel coach team, especially at home. I think the Lakers right now were six in the West. I think they understand this is the time they got to try to make a push to get right for the season before the All-Star break. I think the role players are starting to fit in and buy in what they're supposed to do. My thing with the Hawks, I said this on Wednesday when we talked about them playing uh, the Kings. They don't play any defense. They're just getting healthy. Trey Young sat out the other night. He will play tonight. I don't see the Lakers running away with this, but do I see them winning this game? Maybe about five to six points? Yeah. So give me the Lakers with minus two and a half as favorites. I'd put some money on them. I just think the way their defense is playing, along with the Hawks trying to get pieces back together and already not being a good defensive team, they're ranked 26 in adjusted defensive rating. Give me the Lakers. I'll take them to win in L.A. Wow. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take them. Go. See, it's, it's, it's crazy among all this COVID madness. We have, we, we have no idea what to do. Who's, we don't even know who's suiting up any, any, anymore. We have no idea. We, we don't know. Uh, but Jamoke, thank you, man. Always appreciate you when, when you join. I got to ask this. I got to ask this since it's the last show of the week and we have the final NFL regular season coming up. I know this is a basketball show, but are our Pittsburgh Steelers going to get the job done? They need a lot of help. They got to win. They uh they need Jacksonville, which you should never count on. Jacksonville do anything for no. you, but they have to. No. Um, do the Steelers get in and no. make the playoffs? No. no. And you know what? What do we say it came down to? That tie is going to cost them. We did say that. We did say that. That tie is going to cost them. And it's going to be unfortunate, but I think they're going to end up a half a game out, especially when you have to rely on Jacksonville. If you're taking care of business against the Bengals, maybe, maybe. But I think if this game was reversed in that Heinz field, I may say yes, because obviously you saw what happened on Monday night. Right. Like the energy of it being Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home, I would have given them more. But now if they're talking about Deontay Johnson's out, the center's out, like I just I think this is going to be Baltimore's time to shine. And, and they need this game just as much as the Steelers do. So I think the Steelers are going to find their way on the, on the outside. But I know that they got to take some happiness in the fact that once again – the Steelers under Mike Tomlin and for all of the Roethlisberger right. career, mm-hmm. never having a losing season, which That's is amazing. right. Put some respect on Mike Tomlin's name. Oh, yeah. We'll try to tell you that all the time. See, we talk a little <laughs> NFL. This is NBA show. That's my man, Jamoke Davis, great university, fellow University of Pittsburgh alum. Please check out his podcast, Just for Sport Podcast. It is a great show on the Props Network. I encourage everybody to check that out a couple times a week. And continue to follow the NBA Exchange. We'll have more that we'll be talking about next week. There's a lot going on in the NBA. We'll talk about all that. Everybody have a great weekend. I hope you have as much joy as I did with the Knicks buzzer beater. Hoping they keep it rolling. It can be Boston again on Saturday. We'll see. I don't know if I bet on that, Jim. Okay. But we will see about <laughs> we will see about all that and how's, how that goes. For Jim Davis, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>